Okay. Those aren't good people. Those are people <laughs> that don't care about you. You don't care about them. Nobody good comes between Christmas and New Year's. They're only scheduling their haircut after Christmas, so they don't have to give you any sort of Christmas gratuity. That's how you know they're pieces of shit. <laughs> was the week before Christmas, and here on the pod, not a hot take was stirring, not even from Bob. The mics were plugged in to the computers with care, in hopes that good content would magically appear. The kids placidly upstairs in front of their screen, the content maw has them, that infernal machine. And Lori, neath her blanket, and I in my cap, with Abe on the line for a long winter's chat... When out on the web, there arose such a clatter. I reached for my phone to see what was the matter. Away to the Twitter, I thumbed like a fiend, tore open the Reddit, refreshing all my feeds. But the news was just stupid shit Elon had said. I'd been expecting Jimmy Carter, finally dead. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, but more bullshit that won't even logically cohere. 22 was o'er full with who gives a shit news. And now a Sunday crossword? Offensive to Jews? More rapid than eagles, the nonsense it came. And we argued and shouted. It was all quite lame. From Putin in Ukraine, Will Smith at the Oscars, Senate fails for running backs and TV doctors. Inflation ran away with the Democrats' house, and Maggie Brennan, in a quite revealing blouse, tossed over to Strassman to get off a good one. But he couldn't even pun SBF's bank run. And remember the feel of inexplicable joy when the Queen finally kicked it. Abe was right! Ahoy! The dogs won the title... Hero Stett and Keeley, we waited a lifetime for such unfettered glee. But the rest, after that, it all mostly sucked. At least it looks like Trump is quite permanently fucked. His mansion ransacked by feds, dinner with Nazis, and now the idiots selling shitty NFTs? If you thought our bogus future was bad before, just wait till the AI chatbots knock on your door. But it wasn't all bad. Abe saw lots of movies. Of course, they all sucked, but you can't be so choosy. Almost anything's better than what's in the news. DeSantis, that twat, not much better than Ted Cruz. The Supreme Court says you must carry that fetus. Alito decides when it shoots out your metus. COVID denialism? Only just beginning. Alex Jones is the worst, but conspiracies are winning. And the worst of it all is we see what we want. We believe in nothing but the almighty taunt. If I think it'll make my enemies' heads explode, then post it to all for nothing more than the lols. We could speak not a word, instead try some real work, but it's way more fun to yap online like a jerk. Selves not accepted, of course we're all the same, but maybe next year we'll shoulder less of the blame. Either way, here we are, just the same as ever, to yell about it all, rarely all that clever. One last time this year, and it's no sad refrain, a happy fact, here we are, Abe! Cast iron brains. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here too. How you doing, Lori? I'm disappointed we're not going to rhyme the whole show. Lori's <laughs> disappointed. Tonight is Monday, December 19th. 
2022. Abe, it will be the last episode of Cast Iron Brains in the year 2022. Indeed. I believe that's uh, 46, 46 or 47 episodes that we put out this oh, wow. year. Big Strong number. showing after. Yes. Like last fall, it, every couple weeks, I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's not do this. But uh, <laughs> we were pretty consistent uh, week to week here. Yeah. Pretty good year. I vow even more podcasts next year, much to Lori's disappointment. There's there's an upper no, limit. It's I mean, disappointing when we start late and end late. The amount of podcasts is not disappointing. Our public demands more podcasts. Maybe you get into anything fun this weekend? I uh, watched a lot of sports. Most of it fun. One of the games was not so much fun. But uh, yeah, that's all I did this weekend. Yeah. We won't be recording next week, not because it's Christmas. That wouldn't probably have stopped us. But we will uh, skip a week because we're traveling to Denver to see my brother and a, oh, a, nice. a cast of seemingly hundreds. Yeah, anytime you go somewhere and my brother's involved, that one in particular, it's not just going to be oh, a nice little visit with my brother and his family. There, there, there will be more people. It's just... Is is the lower limit going to be like around a dozen, or is the lower limit going to be around like fifty? And you're never quite sure until it happens. This is the is, asshole uh, who invited thirty people to his bachelor party. It's because all. you, the individual, don't mean anything to him. He doesn't care about you. He Whoa. only cares about himself. Whoa, Lori, getting super real here at the start of the show. He doesn't listen. That's true. He doesn't listen. But uh. Is there, isn't there like some sort of, uh, are, are you guys going to be impacted at all by this cold spell that's coming? Great question, Everyone's Man, Great question, We don't Aiden. know. We didn't even set that up. We, we got a bit of a conundrum here this week. We fly out. Now, please, anyone who's listening, there's nothing of value in our house. If you happen to know where we live, <laughs> once we're gone, there's no good presence hiding anywhere. Like, don't yeah, bother. Don't it's, break in. It's just going to be like an over-dry and potentially super hazardous Christmas tree. Uh, waiting for us to get back and nothing nothing i'm taking my laptop there's a bunch of tvs but tvs are like a dime a dozen as yeah. we've discussed 300 what are you going to do with a stolen 300 dollars tv you fucking piece of shit stay at our house you weirdos anyway uh we fly out just before christmas and there's, there's weather coming in and we're not flying out of charlottesville we have to fly out of richmond in order to make this a uh, a single plane journey. They call them direct flight. Direct flights. flight. That's what I was direct reaching flight, for. Direct flight, yeah. Yeah. We didn't want to have to connect through Atlanta or Charlotte. Because or... we're trying to get there on Christmas Eve as early as we can because I have to work on Friday, which is oh, gotcha. okay. 23rd, because I 23rd, have to make yeah. money for everyone to eat and survive. Very important. Yeah. And so we can all have very Merry Christmas. So we send Lori to work constantly. <laughs> And then we ordered useless shit off of Amazon with the money that she brings yeah, home. Yeah, but that's why I, I, why I work. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Anyway, so we're getting, like, there's this big weather system moving through the United States, and we are potentially impacted. So our conundrum is that we're supposed to fly out of Richmond, which is like an hour east of here, on Friday morning. Saturday morning. Saturday morning. S Saturday morning, sorry. Yeah. And if you would let me tell the story. All right, go for it. Okay. So our flight is 8 a.m. on Saturday. It's an hour from here, but you got to get there early, right? Right. So like at least an hour and a half early. So that puts us at 630 that we would like to walk into the airport, right? Right. 
So like so an what, hour away from that yeah, makes yeah, us yeah. leave it. Well, it's more than an hour. So we'd probably so have, we'd have to leave, leave here, here around five. five. Okay. So the problem is the weather system that is coming is going to be lots of moisture, rain or snow, unknown at this point, at like 40 degrees and then in like two hours on Friday night at like five o'clock, it's going to drop five o'clock p.m. It's going to drop from like 40 degrees to like 20 degrees. OK. Very, very quickly. So if there's moisture on the ground, it's just going to turn into an ice skating exactly. rink. Right. Right. So like the worst case scenario is that we get a bunch of rain on Wednesday and Thursday that doesn't go anywhere. And Friday. And then and then on Friday, too. And then on Friday, when the sudden deep freeze happens, we wake up Saturday morning and can't fucking go anywhere, right? So that's, Well, we go. Worst case scenario is we all die on the way to the right. airport. We go, and then we get on 64 and skid off into the embankment, and Which then we're all dead. Which is something... So, specifically the road that we take, the time that I realized I was driving on black ice was on that exact stretch of highway going that direction. Like, I've seen cars, I mean, just crashed into the side of the road, but also just suddenly start turning in weird ways that cars don't turn and dancing on the road. So, like, I know that overnight... With there's no, it's not a big trafficked area. It's just central Virginia. So the bad news is that like the earliest that we could leave on Friday. So so what we've done, what we've done here is we've booked a hotel for Richmond Friday night, right at the airport, right at the airport. So that so that we get there and then stay the night and then just wake up in the morning and and shuttle over to the ten minutes airport. It's ten minutes away, and we so we get an extra hour of sleep. You know, because we don't have to do the drive. And also, we don't have to worry about driving from here to there on an ice skating rink in order to get on the plane. Also, in Richmond, it won't be as cold. Right, it won't be quite as cold there. And so we don't anticipate it actually impacting our flight or impacting any local travel there. It's just the getting from here to there is the big problem. And, like, the worst... It, it's just the timing is horrific because the earliest we can get out of here on Friday is like right at the exact window that they're currently predicting the temperature to drop dramatically in just, just like an hour or two. Yeah, the day after tomorrow drop. Like, what are we talking about here? It's not it, like it a- is okay. I will look right now at this. I mean, it's Google's forecast, but if I look at Friday at uh, 9 a.m., it's 44 degrees with like one raindrop. Okay. okay, then... It's 50 at 7 in the morning. Like, it starts yeah, off warm. Yeah, it's 50 warm. at 7 in the morning. So it's 50, and then 44, and then at 11 a.m., 36, oh, 1 wow. p.m., 32, 3 p.m., 28, 5 wow, p.m., like a... 24. So <laughs> then I go all the way to 5 a.m. at 17. Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, it's not a great situation, Right, I'm currently yeah. showing an overnight low of like 15 or 16 yeah. degrees that night. So yeah, it's not great, and who knows what's going to happen. But I think that we've done the right thing, which is that we've reserved this hotel room so that we, if necessary, we can get out of town as the freeze is, you know. But we have just like to decide to do tomorrow, that on Thursday. You're looking in your rear right. view mirror, and everything is freezing, and the trees yeah. are turning it's to white be dust like behind you. It's going to be exactly yeah. like that. It's going to yeah. be like day after tomorrow. Exactly. Right. But we it, can't cancel unless we cancel on Thursday. The hotel. So the decision has to be made. Right. Yeah. But then by Thursday, it should, the, the 
the forecast should be a lot more accurate. Oh, yeah, than coming from you. Little... Coming from no, Abe, I mean, you should trust, trust the weather forecast, we'll Abe see. says. <laughs> With, with the, within a day, they're usually pretty good. But like you know, they're not, we're though. recording on Monday. Who knows what happens on Saturday? You know, this thing could just be pushed yeah, to Sunday. No, I'm and you not won't thinking work about it until Thursday. Because yeah, but no, that's at least good. Do. You know, you, you have a contingency plan. Yeah, yeah. And, we have but, a two hundred dollar contingency. Yeah, plan. fucking yes. not cheap, by the way. Ridiculous. But it's buying the peace of mind because you're not having to worry about driving the peace like of mind just, and the extra hour of sleep. Yeah. yeah, and is the sun even up at five thirty or when you're no. driving in the in, on that? No, that's skid the problem. Highway? If we were leaving yeah. at eleven, even though it's going to be on the on December twenty fourth, even though at eleven it's only going to be twenty one degrees, the sun will have melted everything. Yeah, yeah. It's that d- cold, dark, non traveled highway. No, that's true. Anyway, that's what we're dealing Whatever. with. Whatever. Good question. It'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, Denver's going to be fun, hopefully. It's kind of funny because, of course, we always want like a nice cold Christmas around the fire. So fucking pissed off. And it was like 65 degrees here last year around Christmas, and we haven't had a really cold Christmas in a while. And there's going to be like a legitimately cold Christmas here. 2020, it was fucking freezing. And Lori's decided this is the year we go out of town. Classic. (laughs) But Denver will be nice and... uh Oh, it's going to be like 10 degrees warmer there. It's going to be like, <laughs> oh, I, would, really? <laughs> I would be crankier about it, but yeah, it's going to be almost 60. It's, That's it crazy. won't be humid. It won't be sticky Georgia Christmas right. yeah. when I was just angry for like four days because it was supposed right. to be winter. Like at least it'll be crispy. Yeah, close. Yeah. Now let's do some quick sports here. Okay. Uh, World Cup, Abe, did you enjoy the game? It was uh, a lot of fun. I mean, I, I say this jokingly, but like, you know, at, near the end when chaos just erupted because, you know, this game was like a 2 nothing for a while. Yeah, and a bit of a snoozer minute, in the first half, right? Right. And then in the 78th minute, like within two minutes, they were like, it was a tie game. Like, oh, shit. And then like the rest of the way was just kind of bonkers. And I was like, man, it feels like the all that negative press towards Qatar felt like a million years ago because I was like, this is like the most entertaining World Cup final I've ever seen. Yeah, they get two marquee teams. They get France and Argentina, right? You get the titled champion defenders in France and then also Messi, who's the best player of his generation or maybe the second best player. I don't know. I don't pay close enough attention to soccer, but it's either him or that that Cristiano Ronaldo character. Yeah, I mean, Messi does what he needed to do. He had a terrific game. He had a, a really fun assist and then also scored their their second goal, I think. He did the same thing in the in the game before that. He's been a major factor in Argentina's World Cup success so far this year, and it was fun to see uh, him and Mbappe as the, uh, the two big names of the World Cup uh, get to meet here in the final, and it was... It was absolutely thrilling. As you said, uh, 2 nothing all the way until the 78th minute when France gets a penalty opportunity and sticks it in there. And then just a minute and a half later, Mbappe scores another one. Absolutely thrilling. Watching the, the sort of the narrative of the game and it and the, the flow of it, the way that control ebbs back and forth. It's a right. game of momentum, but you're never really sure. Like on any given pass, the momentum can switch entirely to the other team kind of out of nowhere. And like you said, from about the 78th minute on, it was just an absolute nail biter. And then the last four minutes of the game, when Argentina looked like, I mean, they, they had like half a dozen opportunities in those last yes. four minutes to yeah. to score. And it was 
It was awesome. There was I no- did the French. I, I mean, that goalkeeper for uh, Argentina who did like some uh, uh, entertaining gesture uh, during right. the ceremony, he was like anticipating everything. He knew like what he's the a, other person was going to do. He's an obnoxious sack of shit, that guy. He's very... Uh, <laughs> just off the picture or in general? Or Not just his the picture, hairdo? just in general. He, he puts oh. a stupid flag in his hair and he's, <laughs> he's just an annoying guy. Uh, you got to be kind of a cocky asshole, I guess, to get up there and be the yeah. one of the best goaltenders in the world, but... But it's just Ooh, weird how like test me. I'm a guy, right? And and I, I mean again, it was an amazing game. Uh, there's always the criticism of like you have 120 minutes of great play, and then you end it in basically just a chant. Ah, let's just kick the ball uh, and see what happens. Guessing. Pure crap. And I'm sure that it was like I'm sure that for everyone else, for people who actually have a side, like who care, because I didn't care. Uh, yes. Like I and was I kept rooting. on reminding myself of that. I was watching it from home by myself. And I'm like, boy, I'm glad I have no rooting interest. I would have a heart attack by now because it was just very volatile back and forth at the end. Right. But like for me, all of the drama of the whole thing, it's the definition, the word pathetic. Uh, people probably aren't familiar with it because it's not in, it's like pathetic, but it has a, a B at the front of it. Okay. It's like the the experience of having, of, of anticlimax is basically what it is. And like that was my experience of watching this World Cup is like, okay, from like uh, halfway through halftime on, it was fucking balls to the wall, crazy, yes. exciting soccer stuff. And that includes all of the extra time stuff and the, and the extra periods and all of that. And then you just get to the stupid coin flip for the who's going to yes. shoot first. And it's like, okay, well, this like now we just watch this happen and see what happens. Like there's right. just none of the drama in it for me as somebody who's a disinterested observer. Like I'm sure that the blood pressure of the French fans and the Argentinian fans was completely off the wall. But like right. for me, it was like, okay, well now that's that's done. And I guess now we just see what happens. All of the emotion and drama was drained well, entirely emotion, out of it for me. Right. The emotion maybe but like to me like it's still very tense like the penalty kicks is tense cuz you don't know what's going to happen but it's not a good it's demonstration tense, but it's all of fucking luck it's just it's just no, a, no but what guessing. i'm saying is somebody could shank it you know somebody did yeah, uh, somebody did and shank it there could be it, some fact, anticipatory yeah. thing but like it, it's it's not a good demonstration of like who the better team is, right? No. It's just like, it, and it's it not just soccer. There's nothing about it that is right. soccer. Like it's just uh, here's a ball in front of the net, and now you try to put it in the net. It is it is completely removed from the rest of the sport. But like, yeah, what, the, the elements are there. Like there's the ball, right. and he has to kick it, and the other guy has to stop it. But it's like a very stupid academic version of what the of the point of the game is. It's not the actual game. I'm not sure what alternative would be better because I guess they can go to golden goal, like the first to score wins, but no one scored on no, either side I after 30 that. minutes. They would play to exhaustion. I mean, they would just die yeah, on the field. No, I, that's like the hockey way of doing it. I don't like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically it's like, you kind of have to live with this, which is kind of, no, uh, you do two minute, yeah. two minute quarters or whatever. My, my basketball idea, do a period, do five minutes, do five okay. minutes and see who can score. And then if no one does, do another five minutes. I forget where I saw it. Somebody was presenting, instead of doing penalty kicks, you could do like set pieces, whether whether it's corners or you you just set up like a, a six on four advantage for a, one team in the offensive zone and you give them two minutes. 
like something right, along yeah. those lines. Yeah, way like, better. Uh, yeah, at least make it look like soccer, and you just do that instead of doing a, a a stupid penalty presentation. I will say though that while I'm complaining about the fact that there all the emotion got sucked out of it, that's not to say that it did for everyone. And I'm going to share the clip of the Argentinian call here. Oh, which was just wonderful. Montiel. Montiel. That's very nice. It reminds me of that time Georgia won the national championship this year. It reminds me. Of, it reminds me of that as well. And I want this is something that is slightly uncomfortable, uh, given what we're about to experience as Georgia football fans moving forward. Oh, but yeah. it is a reminder that it is objectively always better when the team who hasn't won it in a long time yeah. wins it. And there's yes. there's just simply no debate about that whatsoever and right. that's why when when georgia won it last year it was just objectively better than if alabama had won another fucking title and if michigan beats us this year it will be objectively yeah, better for, them. for the world that, that they beat uh georgia right and if ohio state beats michigan it's like ah, oh, that's fucking lame right yeah. or if georgia beats michigan it's like well that's cool for georgia but it's we cool just because we would we have an undefeated season year. and yeah we would have right. an undefeated season but like in terms of uh, the objective good oh, in the world like it is undeniably better when the team that hasn't won it in fucking forever gets the job done well, and, and actually i thought does of it, it on what is that sunday but like you talk about the anti-climax and like we sort of had that with keely ringo's touchdown like it wasn't a last second victory but it pretty much sealed it, yeah. But yeah, it, that was like that because they get with the catharsis of like, okay, it finally and theirs was different. Like, this was sort of a last second thing, but in an anticlimactic way because it was penalty kicks. Right. But like, it's, by the way, it's similar. I, I listened to that clip uh, when I was making the rounds uh, over the weekend. And I was like, oh man, my Spanish is not that far off. I understood everything you said. <laughs> Argentina, right. the champions. No, of the no world. translation <laughs> necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know I, what he's saying. I will say I, I wasn't rooting for anyone, but at halftime I did place a five dollar bet on the French because I'm, I've gotten into this habit recently of placing bets on teams once they've gone down big, and it's paid off for me a handful of times, like enough times for it to matter, right? Like enough times for you to do it again. Yeah, for enough times for me to keep doing well, it. You should have got in on that Viking Colts action, right? So I, this is why I bring it up because I was watching. The NFL, because after the, like, I put five dollars on the French. The payoff was like fifty dollars. Of course, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't pan out. Uh, and by the way, uh, that is it not. It almost the did, though. I it mean, almost they... did. Yeah, yeah. And I could have cashed it out for twenty-five dollars at the start of uh, oh, penalty that. kicks, which was stupid. I should have done that. And and by the way, anybody who says insists that penalty kicks, oh, it's not a coin flip. Uh, the fucking betting markets disagree because I had a five-dollar <laughs> bet on a with a fifty-dollar payout, and the betting market was like, well, I'll give you twenty-five bucks for it right now, uh, like, yeah, right that's... before the penalty <laughs> kick start. So literally, the betting market believes. It's a coin flip. Anyway, I've gotten into this habit, and I was watching the the Cowboys 
and the Jaguars play this weekend, and I glanced oh. up at the TV, and the Jaguars were down two touchdowns in like the middle with like seven minutes to go or something in the third quarter, and I was like, oh, I got to go put five dollars on the fucking Jags, and I didn't fucking do it like oh. an idiot. I walked into the next room to grab my phone, and there was some stupid notification on there, and I forgot. And I, and I knew in the moment I was like, "What? I was about to do something, but then I read this article and I forgot what I what was I going to do." And you I should was, turn your notifications. I off. do. I really shouldn't. I should not have notifications on the phone. And I, and I, I well, didn't I mean, do you it. You should, but like just not the news ones. And the stupid Cowboys ended up losing that game and costing me money. And and, and this this game that the Colts lost is another perfect example of a game that you should go and if you can find a way to put five dollars on whoever they're playing when yeah. they're down fucking thirty don't, points. Don't tell people to gamble. Oh no, you should do it it's fine uh, gambling is super fun and it and and not only would i have gotten the joy of of turning five dollars into like probably 150 or something i mean they were down 33 nothing the the vikings were against the colts right. uh i would have got uh, in further enjoyed the fact that my my good friend abe uh 400 odd miles away was was watching this and suffering greatly <laughs> as his as his Super Bowl prediction team, the Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> gave up a 33-point lead. There's nothing more deflating than watching a 33-point lead just disappear. By the way, this was, I mean, I don't have any stats in front of me, but this weekend in in the NFL, I haven't seen so many games where a team was down big and they overcame it. It was like, obviously, the 33 points for the Colts, but they're like 17 points here, 14 points. There was a lot of like leads that just like, oh, where did the lead go? And the team, yeah, the other team I'm, wins. I'm telling you, live bet the team that's down big and you start making some money. Oh, I have a new life goal. I want to go to a Buffalo game and sit in that heated club level. Yeah, we were watching yes. the, the Buffalo game. We, were, we tuned in hoping to see uh, the thunder, thunder snow. snow, and that didn't fucking yes. happen. That was I know. It happened at the end. It at was the crazy. End, the, the storm sort of came through and, and it the snow started but they got a ton of snow and then they plowed the field and then the snow held off for quite some time and yes. so they played the game just in the cold but you're looking at the wide shots of that stadium and i guess this is a thing i didn't realize that it was a thing but i'm looking at the at the club level and it's like glowing red i'm like i don't think that's just lighting and they showed it from below a little bit and you could see these glowing red lines and i looked it up online and buffalo has installed infrared it's like all i like want to do heating elements wow. yeah in the club level so that it like you go up there you can take your jacket off and everything like there's oh, people wow. up there in t-shirts but and you're stuff. still outside and you're still outside, but you're watching the football game happening outside. Like it's it's amazing. That would be really fun. That's what I want to do with my life. Wait, uh, isn't Buffalo the, the 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 latest team that's like bilking the taxpayers out of money because they need their their stadium is outdated? They have that technology in their old stadium, or is I guess a, so. I don't know. I didn't realize well, Buffalo was due for a new stadium. I get Top Golf. It was like that when we went in December or not December. Yeah, in but Top Golf just have those has those goofy like. Those. They, but they also have heated seats. That's true. They have heated oh, seats. Nice. Which is, it's just like Apparently I could sit Buffalo there all day. Used to have heated seats, but they removed the heated seats and instead installed these overhead heaters that keep you nice and toasty while you're watching winter football. Whatever. Well, that's that's all I want to do. It seems like uh, the Bills, uh, they run afoul of uh, Mother Nature because it seems like wherever they go, bad weather follows. They're they're running into another issue this upcoming weekend where. They may no. need to move it because they're playing somewhere where it's really cold. Yeah, but you're right. There were a bunch of fun games. The 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 ending to the 
the Chargers game was a great deal of fun. They had a, a surprising win at the end there, which immediately because I bet at the start of the uh, might as well talk about my betting. I've got uh, <laughs> a futures bet on the Chargers because I think I said you did in our NFL preview show that the the play of the year, the value play is to put money on the Chargers to win the Super Bowl before the year starts. And so I did it. I put my money where my uh, nice. podcasting mouth was. And that's been, like, not looking great because they've been uh, pretty much a 500 team this season yeah, and just barely on the outside looking into the playoffs. But then they get a late win, and my bet suddenly goes from, like, a $10 cash out to a, a $27 cash out. So Vegas, Vegas now likes uh, the Chargers a little bit more. The end of the... Patriots game against the oh, Raiders oh, was just amazing. So this is a game that the uh, last play of the game, it's tied. They're going to go into overtime. And then the, the Patriots run one more play, and they're not anywhere near the end zone. Right. So there's they should just take a knee. There's really no upside because they can't set it up for a field goal, right? There's not enough time to, to do one play, get out of bounds, and then right. They're hoping the ball. for a, a band is on the field moment where they right. do a crazy – which is uh, lateral. A, which is a desperation move when you're down. You have right. nothing when to you're lose. losing. Not yeah. once you've <laughs> already played to the overtime <laughs> point. Right. And so they do that. They do all this crazy lateraling. And eventually one of the Raiders assholes picks it up and, and <laughs> runs it all the way back for a touchdown. He, he pretty much – okay. The player channel with a former Patriot, he basically gives up on the play. Like, you know, he's like, ah, the ball's further downfield. I'm sure those fast cats will get him. I'll just wait right. with this quarterback here. We're just watching what's <laughs> happening, like the, the rest of the crowd. And th this Patriots receiver goes the other way, and he throws it back. Best case scenario is what? Your slow-footed quarterback is going to juke through all the players the Raiders players and score a touchdown right best case scenario you set your quarterback yes. up to be pancaked by the other team <laughs> as you're heading into overtime that's the best case scenario the worst case scenario is that the opposing team picks it up and runs it all the way back to the end zone you dummy Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson breaks out of a tackle at the 50 has the 45 breaks away from another tackle pitches it backwards and now Jacoby Myers spinning around he throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield, intercepted. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. It scores! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I can't believe what I just saw again. I can't believe what I just saw. This is unbelievable. I got <laughs> Wow! On the first night of Hanukkah. It's a miracle in Las Vegas. Before they run run it to the end zone with ease, pummel the poor quarterback who's like, I think he is like 6'3", 220 or something. He's, like, he's a big guy in normal standard. But right. like in the NFL, in that yeah. setting, he looks so small and helpless. I didn't realize, and I didn't realize he, he, took a, he took punishment on that play as well. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't catch that part. <laughs> you should see the clip because he tries to attempt a – tackle but he's already kind of going down i think he's like his body's like what are we doing man let's like not try to engage so like it, it's a very awkward play like they're, i was, they're way, gonna too, replay I was that. way too busy uh imagining what the goings on inside bill belichick's brain oh. as it's happening to pay any attention to the quarterback because of course this is josh mcdaniels like one of i mean there's been a lot of the, the the Belichick family tree of coaching has not proven terribly successful out there in the wider NFL. But Josh McDaniels has proven sort of uniquely derpy in the 
in, in the extended Belichick family tree. And for this to happen uh, to Belichick at the hands of Josh McDaniels was particularly enjoyable for me. Did they even cut to – because I was looking for a Belichick – reaction shot or something like that's, they're just so enamored with what, what just happened that they never cut like i always want to see the person's face like if something bad happens <laughs> you have clip. to sh- this is good. <laughs> you have to show the reaction and they didn't do that all right let's uh rip open the wgas news bag it's time for who gives a shit news abe this week the former president of the united states donald trump he's had a, a rough go of it here lately but he's He's trying to turn around his fortunes with the the release of an exciting new product. Major announcement. Which is a, well, what was it? I still build that? A major announcement. <laughs> uh, Lori says she still hasn't watched the thing, which means we're going to watch it right now. Yeah, that's where he tells everyone he's better than two past presidents. Better than Lincoln. Better than Washington. <laughs> he goes for the jugular. He teased this the night before. He truthed out saying that he had an all-caps major announcement coming the next day. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. My Again, the same thing, because you'll recall the last time he had a major announcement coming, it was either that he was going to declare that he was running for the presidency or I suggested that perhaps he's going to launch like a new shoe line or something along those lines. Oh. And it turned out to be the the former, that it was in fact the presidency. Yeah, the only thing I could think of when uh, he published that, oh, some big thing is coming, I was like, well, there's no way he would announce his VP this early, right? Because that's the only other, like, I was thinking something like that. I wasn't thinking, like, some infomercial. Right. Surely it was going to be, like, uh, something obscene, like he's going to be the next Speaker of the House. Right. Or, like, announce that he wanted to do that job or something along those lines. But but this this was the major announcement. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump. Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump Digital Cards just like a baseball card or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. Or golf with (laughs) you and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses, and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, a one-on-one meeting, autographing memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. My official Trump digital trading cards are $99, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community. And I think it's something you're going to like and you're going to like it a lot. They also make perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to collecttrumpcards.com and buy your Trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone, and they will be gone. This is my first official Trump trading card NFT collection, and you get a chance to meet me. Go to collecttrumpcards.com right now, and remember, Christmas is coming, and this makes a great Christmas gift. No purchase Way necessary. Way too close. Void where there we have it. I, like, 
this is too close to Christmas because I've already bought all the gifts yeah, and I now I can't buy everyone in your family one of these because I can't <laughs> afford it. I want to have dinner with him, obviously. That's the best prize that's ever existed. Well, I have even worse for you, worse news for you, Lori, which is that are, they- Are they sold out? They're all sold out. They but were they're all... pretend, right? There were 45,000 45, of them available for purchase. When you bought one, you didn't get to pick. Now, this is important. You just you pay your $100, and then they give you one of these JPEGs. So you don't and really. So it could be anything. It could be the one where he's dressed up as a like astronaut. Well, he by the be way, astronaut said, Trump in the, in the Biden aviators. I like aviators. the skinny tuxedo what, one. By the way, what is that? You're... you're the the aviators is a Biden thing. You can't put right. Trump in aviators in uh, but, in an astronaut. But get if up. you just ask the bots to do art, it's going to get to that. Right. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Was there any sort of uh, intelligent design behind this artwork? Because you're right. I mean, uh, there Donald was design. Really intelligent. Design. <laughs> yes. There, there was design. That's not. Let's not go so far as to put a qualifier like intelligent up front there. Trump it, is not, notoriously uh, not known for his sunglasses. I mean, wasn't there that the sun thing that happened years ago, and he just looked straight up with his yeah, naked eye. Yeah, he just eye. looked at the eclipse. Yeah. He just looked yeah. directly at it. It's yeah, you fun. might you might end up with uh, Trump is like war hero guy with the gun. You might end I up only with want skinny Trump tuxedo riding Trump. the elephant for some reason. He's like a cowboy. Yeah. So like when they're saying pertaining to my life, none of that is pertaining to. It's just like this yes, weird. Yes, it is. He's the greatest fiction. president. <laughs> so this was this is. Like what is this, right? Because because it's utterly humili like and like by all normal understandings, well, first of all, yeah. It's it's not humil. I mean, steak knives and uh, that university that wasn't. I mean, this is in keeping with other schemes, right? Yeah, I mean, this, this is so different. This is it's in a sad with missed opportunity that like trump cards that should have been going on years ago. It's it's very late to the NFT game. First of all, uh, that is that is surprising, right? I'm because he hangs around with ra random people. I'm sure someone at some point pitched NFTs to him. Maybe he just kind of waved them off because like I don't know what that means. What are and you he talking the, about? Yeah, so I don't know what what right. took him so long, and but so, this would have been perfect. This isn't for him. even like so. This is also it's, it's not even his. So they've made four and a half million dollars in revenue right because it's forty five thousand dollars at a at a or there's forty five thousand of them at a hundred bucks a pop you collect four point five million dollars on the first set of sales and then now they're available on on these this there's this website called open which is an an auction forum where they resell things in the nft market and so they're every time that one of these things sells again it ten percent of the sales price gets kicked back to the copyright holders. That's the way that this is set up. On but again, how do I not just like right-click save image as like what? Right, you can. You absolutely can. That won't get you into the sweepstakes to. That's true. Meet Although Trump you at, at dinner. Also, don't need. You know, this is a no purchase necessary kind of thing. By the uh, way, I, I looked at the details on the no purchase necessary thing. Yeah. And there's some hoops. And if, like, the, the number of hoops that you have to jump through in order to get entered into the no purchase necessary portion of the sweepstakes, you're much better off just sending them $100. Wait, seriously? So, you know, because at the end, I was, I was sure that uh, there was a part of the script that was uh, uh, 
cut out because Trump didn't want to say no purchase necessary because it just goes into all, all you need is an email address. And I think that t- pairs with – I thought basically you just needed an email address to – You don't. There's just, like there's like a thousand words of fine print on the no purchase necessary thing. It's, it's okay. quite a mess. It's not that easy or I would have signed up because there's all you can also win a Zoom call with the president. And I wanted the opportunity <laughs> to bring – Donald Trump onto CIB. It would be our first big get of 2023. You you should open it with uh, who gives a shit. That would be the opening segment and have uh, the former president on. Yeah. So is it just a crass way to give $4 million to one of his buddies? Is it potentially a a criminal enterprise where there's a a weird – where he owes this asshole $4.5 million, but he can't just give it to him uh, because of the way – like whatever, right. like is, is yeah. it's just like a weird way to get his buddy some money that he owes this guy some money. Like what? Like what? Because it just doesn't make any fucking sense that a person because it's just a licensing deal, right? right? So he's not even making the money himself. This person presumably is kicking back either either there's some sort of fixed rate in the contract right. where Trump gets a percentage going forward, or it was just a flat fee where this guy was like, I want to sell these NFTs. I'm going to give you a million dollars, and I'm going to make four and a half million dollars. That'll just be. Like he is he really reduced? Like I, I, not. Again? There's never any. Sh- yeah. There's never any shame in making a dollar, right? I right. suppose, except if what you're doing is like stealing from people. I mean, it's not stealing. They're they're willfully buying into this NFT ecosystem for some reason in order for a chance to have a steak dinner with the Donald. But like, I can't figure out what in the world this is for. Because my brain can't imagine that he's that hard up for the cash. I don't know. I don't, think, I don't know what don't else it could be. It, it, you have to be hard up for you uh, if you're the type that that Trump is uh, to want more of it, right? Like so, and and I do think I will maintain my previous position of that this is in keeping with the Trump brand. This is not like an outlier situation. To me, it's pretty okay, straightforward. Okay, but he didn't start the fake Trump you after he was the president of the United know, but, States of America. Yeah, but what's do you the difference? The, yeah, the presidency did not change him. Like, There's no like before presidency and after presidency Trump. It's just Trump the whole way through. He's kind of a very the same person. I think he's like, oh, I'm, I'm like the same as I was in the first grade as a, some sort of brag, uh, which is kind of a weird thing for a 70-year-old to say. But uh, I think he's constant. Like, So that, that part doesn't surprise me. Now, as far as what's behind it, this is uh, totally reckless speculation on my part, but this sounds like some sort of money laundering scheme. Right. It's not, That's what I was you suggesting. Because, it, it, yeah, you're right. Otherwise, why even go through the whole thing? And also... The way that he was presenting the uh, the announcement, I'm sure there were a significant number of people on his side that were thinking like, "What this he like, you know, we're in this moment of whatever. We just uh, underperformed in the elections, and this is your major announcement to sell some stupid made up trading card." So like, there's got to be more to it than just you're right, like you know, just getting a few more million dollars in his pocket. It's tacky to it's tacky and 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 again. On brand, yeah, tacky is his. Thing. No, I know, but like yeah. it's it's to a, a degree that it's like performative, like it's like because the whole thing is a joke, they're not good. No time was spent in the development right. of these things. Like you look at if you look at them closely, like the sunglasses don't even sit right on the stupid fake Donald Trump face. Like the okay. like there's there's like it's the, literally was it like, not just created by like AI image generators like you did. I think that it yeah it was with the help of a, an actual designer yes this was created by but the point is that like for 
basically no more money, you could have had a quote unquote better product. But it's yes. like it, it 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 it's just a total piece of shit. And it should like in every way it's humiliating. So is it a piece of performance art in a way? Like is he is this some sort of a thing, <laughs> or is it like bad enough? Because like nobody actually thinks they're good. Like it, it this is the sort of thing that breaks well, my brain. Somebody thought so. I, you know. I don't think that's the point. I don't think that this is going after people who want good digital art. Like, forgive me, but what? Like, who wants, again, forgive me, but what good digital art? Yeah, it's just, it, and I'm sure it's the first in a long line of increasingly hum- humiliating things that he's going to do to earn money off of his name and image. But, like, this is the presidential library for him, right? Like, right. This, this is what amounts to, like, Obama announces that he's building this big, beautiful building in downtown Chicago. And for Trump, it's fucking NFTs. And in a weird way, it's the same exact press that he's gotten every day since the middle of summer 2015, which is everybody points and laughs at him. And his followers are like, yeah, we, but we fucking love yeah. it because you idiots don't. Like, that's all it comes down to is that— right. We can all point at the rubes, and the rubes can all point back at us and say, "You don't get it, and you never will." And like, I, I just it it solidifies for me that he doesn't think he's going to be the president again. Like, I, I know that's probably silly, but like, there's I don't see how he can imagine. Like, there's just there's nothing about this that says I'm going to take another hundred dollars from my most fervent supporters and give them this stupid worthless piece of trash like like, like something that's literally just a computer file I, I don't get it but do you think okay so are you saying that because you think that had he had his plan been to run in 24 this move would be an impediment to that like it would be some it's, it's like not beneath strictly the speaking in a, it's, it's not strictly speaking like oh this is disqualifying for donald yeah. trump to be the <laughs> next <laughs> president the <laughs> nft sale no of course not but it's like does a person who actually thinks that they're going to be the president again someday do this and i like, i just don't think for so. just about everyone no but for trump yeah he's yes different. like he's All like right. an outlier in that regard like I, that doesn't surprise me I could shoot someone in Times Square and get away. Yeah, with I know. Vision. I know. I'm not I'm not saying this is any new or different. It's just it's thoroughly bizarre. January 6th committee today made criminal referrals for Trump to the Department of Justice. This is largely a symbolic thing. The DOJ doesn't care about such things as criminal referrals. What they care about is uh, evidence of criminal wrongdoing. Right. And the January 6th committee has certainly produced whole heaps and reams of evidence on that front. I think that they had basically no other choice but to do this. That this, The question of whether or not this was politically motivated is very silly because it's politically motivated to not. After all of the evidence that they have produced and all of the hearings that they've done, the naked politics of it would be for the committee to say we're not going to make criminal referrals because we think that it will play into his victim complex and it will play into the the martyrdom of the entire Trump thing, and and we don't want to do that. This is in keeping with the evidence that they've gathered, right? And it makes sense to me that they've done this. And also, you don't you don't want to get uh, sucked into that line of thinking because basically it's kind of like a working the refs kind of situation where it's like. 
if you pursue this, it's proof positive of, of some sort of political angle. But like, what what would it look like if you were pursuing it based on the facts, right? Because people will always make that allegation because you're on one in one party looking into the the actions of a president from another uh, from a different party, right? So their approach, I think, was the sound one, and and really the only reason or the only value that this has uh, this whole process is for the historical record just to say a bad thing happened there was an accounting of that um and due to political the political environment nothing came of it you know there was nothing that came of it but at least the record showed we looked into it we found this evidence and when we're on the other side of this trump era like when we're all the way on the other side of it i think people will look back and say oh you can make all the you know all the connections say this is what happened and somebody was aware because if they had done nothing because of the appearance of bias then people would look back to that period and say well nothing came of it they had an opportunity to look into it and they chose not to that must mean that there was nothing there right so at least now to say say nothing of what the trump camp reaction would be right because right now they're like oh it's just a witch hunt it's all politically motivated bullshit and we can't trust anything. But had they not made criminal referrals here, they would then the Trump line would be: see, even the even the biased, awful witch hunt at a Congress couldn't come up with anything. And I now I'm totally exonerated. Once again, right. I've been fully exonerated by my own enemies, which is, which is what they did with both of the impeachments, right? Exactly. Yeah. Basically, this is. I've actually seen some like just talking heads like pointing back to all of that to say, well, clearly. It's, it was all a hoax, you know. The whole there was nothing, like nothing at all, with the Russia thing. Nothing at all with uh, the pressing the Ukrainian president uh, during that call. You know, the, obviously because nothing came of it from those things, right? Right. And so, like, that's not necessarily the case, but that's how it will be presented, and that's why they does, had to do this. Does the Department of Justice bring indictments against Trump, as as suggested by the? January 6th committee? It's, I, I, I'm inclined to say no because it seems like they're looking for like an airtight – like basically we're only – we don't want to just get 90, get 90% of the way because then it's going to, I guess, tarnish our reputation. I don't know what their motivations are, but like it sounds like they're only going to bring about something if it's one of these airtight slam dunk cases. And in, in some cases, there's like a lot of little evidence that supports the thing, but there's not like a smoking gun always. And so right. – I suspect that th- they're not going to do. I maintain that the best the best move here from a political standpoint would be for Garland to bring charges against Donald Trump and for Biden to then issue a pardon. Uh, that, that's just that. It, that's not going to happen. Av- it's not going to happen, uh, but it, it avoids the spectacle of Donald Trump going to trial and making him the center of the fucking universe for another six months or whatever it is. Right. And it avoids the the specter of him not being convicted, which is the worst case scenario, right? Because like the the absolute the thing that cannot happen is that the Department of Justice cannot bring charges against Trump and not have those charges be not have him found guilty. Like it is right. it is just the absolute worst case. He'll be the next president if that's what happens. Like I think it's super right. unlikely, but like that that's a path to the Trump uh, presidency in 25 if uh, if somehow he is not convicted of charges brought by DOJ. There are many reasons why a, a Biden would not do such a thing, but looking back at the last time there was a, a pardon, like the takeaway with Ford pardoning Nixon wasn't positive. Like basically they're saying they should have let the process play out. Right. 
this so like i think that that's another argument against a pardon because it wasn't like oh that was a by everyone the right thing to do what 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 ford did uh which is to say let let that slide because it's going to be a bad it'll reflect poorly on the country blah 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 like i don't think biden can make that case now yeah and there's an argument there's an argument that like I mean, I think it's a little silly because it immediately you meet once you're five minutes removed from an action, the unknown variables start piling up in ways that you can't make any valid predictions about anything that came after. But there are people who argue that we don't get Ronald Reagan if there's a full trial of Richard Nixon that that ends up sending him to jail. Right. That, okay. that you yeah. would you would so severely chasten the Republican Party to the degree that not even not even a Ronald Reagan who won by massive landslides would have been electable and that it changes the shape of the entire like the the alternative history is such that the entirety of the second half of the 20th century in the United States is somehow entirely different if you prosecute Richard Nixon and I there's just it's such a silly thought experiment right. to engage in in any serious way because there's no way of knowing any of that stuff and it could just as easily in bold, you know, just like there could be like some sort of retribution or some sort of like people don't like to feel bad about things, right? So like if their side is like, oh, I've, you have convicted a president that shared my party ideology, then we're going to try to do the same on the other right. side. And yeah, I, I I could see that going in either way. I don't think Garland's going to bring charges either. I don't I don't see that happening. Hopefully, Trump just dies. That that is the best That's case. Always been Hopefully true. He, he just, never dies. He has a heart attack or a massive stroke, and then we're we're Mike done Leach with Mike Leach dies. Him. Donald Trump continues on yeah. forever. Jimmy Carter too. Uh, yeah, well. Abe, <laughs> New York Times this morning published an investigative piece into an individual called George Santos, who's never the Republican heard of Republican elect representative for New York's third. And uh, this is one of those seats where. A bunch of New York congressional seats flipped this year, and of course, Hochul did worse than expected uh, compared to previous years for Democrats for governor. And that it, it seems like there's a lot going on that's no good in the New York Democratic right. Party. I mean, you can point to New York as the reason why McCarthy is going to be this. Well, we'll see, but uh, is in line to be the speaker because, like, they lost what five seats or something. Like, right. there was just in one state. Like they. I don't know what happened there. Well, a, a bad job of handling the redistricting map combined with bad uh, state party leadership. Also, with, where is the opposition research on candidates? You know, like right. why? So that's the that's the point here. So George Santos is a guy. He's from he's from Latin America, one way Brazil. or another. Bra Brazil, I think, and he's been elected to represent New York in Congress. And apparently, his entire biography is bullshit. Like yes. his, his, a lot everything. of his, yeah. And there, it's a lengthy piece. I'll make sure that there's a link to a, a gift version of it in the New York Times. So everybody can read it with Merry or without. Merry Christmas, everyone. With or without a subscription. You get to read an article. <laughs> I'll just read. I'll just read from the first couple paragraphs here to outline just how serious these lies were. George Santos, whose election to Congress on Long Island last month helped Republicans clinch a narrow majority in the House of Representatives, built his candidacy on the notion that he was the full embodiment of the American dream and was running to safeguard it for others. His campaign biography amplified his storybook journey. He is the son of Brazilian immigrants and the first openly gay Republican to win a House seat as a non-incumbent. By his account. 
account, he catapulted himself from a New York City public college to become a seasoned Wall Street financier and investor with a family-owned real estate portfolio of 13 properties and an animal rescue charity that saved more than 2,500 dogs and cats. But a New York Times review of public documents and court filings from the United States and Brazil, as well as various attempts to verify claims that Mr. Santos, 34, made on the campaign trail, calls into question key parts of the resume that he sold to voters. And the article goes on from there, suggesting that the places where he'd said he'd worked before have no record of him ever having worked there, including Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. The places where he said he'd owned property have no record of that. The places where he said he went to college have no record of that. And the only place that they could really track him down is at former places where he was a deadbeat renter and and, and owed back rent in, right. the, in the many thousands of dollars. Right. And, and what's interesting about that part is that uh, during the pandemic lockdown period, the early phase of the pandemic, he was kind of uh, his posture on social media was that he was like the landlord and he was on the other side of it where he wasn't collecting any rent from deadbeat tenants. Right. He's like he's like going to city council meetings and stuff and putting out the idea that like, when am I ever going to be able to collect rent again? I've got right. 13 properties and I'm not collecting rent from anybody. Meanwhile, he owns nothing and is right. just and not, not paying that, his rent where where he lives. On two separate occasions, eviction the eviction process uh, started because he was in arrears, I guess. He was paying, you know, like $2,000 in, in back rent in one place and I think it was like 10,000 in another place. Uh, another uh, area and this is a, a it's not that lengthy of an article but like you know there's a lot of words in it. Uh, one uh, other bit of interesting uh, lie or according to the New York Times a lie but he told WNYC in an interview that he lost four employees at the Pulse nightclub shooting right. and uh, <laughs> there was no evidence of that either. So it's, it's this weird broad like he's lying about where he worked uh he lied about where he went to school he lied about people who died he just, lied about uh everything is the, just about the long and the short of it everything and he and is the congressman elect like he's going he's going into congress Right. So and is- so there are Democrats who are taking like a very aggressive like uh speaker McCarthy or or eventually speaker McCarthy needs to eject this man from the from the Congress if there's going to be any integrity to the next Congress of the United States because he's a big fucking liar. I think it's Eric Swalwell I saw. He was very annoying, by the way. Wait, what's the uh, argument for that? I mean, he was duly elected. Yeah, but it was all a fraud. But he's a liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah, right. so. like, you know, these elections run every two years. They'll, no, they'll... Pants on fire. He's a fire hazard, <laughs> sir. So, yeah, the Democrats get all up on their, their high horse here. But as you were suggesting at the start of the story— where the fuck was the opposition research right. uh, six months ago or, right. or even three months ago? Like, what did anybody look into this guy at all? And, and like, good for the New York Times to come up, come up with it now. But, like, where were you back right. in October? If you're running for fucking Congress and the opposition says that he went to NYU or what have you, then, like, one of your staffers' jobs needs to be, hey, just do a basic bio background check on this guy and make sure that all the crazy nonsense that he has listed on his campaign website at least coheres somewhat to reality, right? Like, it's not that hard. He says he did X, Y, and Z. See if he did X, Y, and Z. That should be standard operating procedure, I would think, in any fucking campaign, because it's like the lowest hanging fruit is if this guy is 
entirely a con man, we don't even have to try. We right. can just say, hey, this guy's a fucking con man. You want to elect a con man just because well, there's you an R next to his name? were here for like 2016 right, through 2020, but there was a very obvious con man in charge of everything. There's one thing when you're talking about the cartoon character who we're going to elect president who's not in your neighborhood. It's something else entirely when it's your personal congressional representative in local politics. I think that the revelation of this guy's lies would have mattered a great deal right. uh, back in November. On, and on that point, it should be noted, I'm not trying to talk up the New York Times, but what restraint, right? Because there's no way that the story just came together after the election. They had half a story in September, October, and they're kind of working through, they're getting in touch with these financial institutions and the college and whomever Maybe. they can find in Brazil. I don't know. It's been, it's been six weeks or so since the I election. I know. Do you think I, that they just can't, you don't think there was like some sort of inkling of still like this, his story isn't tracking, but we don't want to just lob an accusation that's my unfounded. Guess, and I have, no, I have no way of knowing. My guess is that this is the result of a tip that came in shortly after the election and they spent the last month plus looking into it, and this is what we're getting. I don't think this is the sort of thing that anybody sits on. If but they even have if it's even incomplete, I mean, story. let's say you, we move that a couple of weeks instead of right after the election. Let's say Halloween, you know, like a week before or two weeks before. Yeah, uh, maybe the that's call plausible. Calls. Yeah, because like to me, like if it were like I don't know, like a lower level publication, they would have gone, if my timeline is followed, like if they got it somewhere where it's like so close to the election, but they don't have the story, they would have like rumor, this fucking guy is making this right. shit up, you know, yeah. or something. His only, like, his only response to this point, aside from offering no comment to the New York Times over and over again, is to insist that he's being unfairly persecuted by the liberal media. Uh, because, of course, that's right. I, and I, obviously, he'll go there, but it is uh, damning where all of these different places that you yourself claim to have some sort of connection to uh, have never heard of you. And also on the charity front, like the some pets thing that he was doing, like he had like a uh, event and he sounds like he pocketed the money. <laughs> like it sounds like right. he has some the, sort of he has allegedly some sort of charity where he uh, has a dog rescue property yeah. somewhere. And he has like a fundraiser where he's going to split the money with whoever is at the fundraiser. And then he absconds with all of the fucking money. Right. And also uh, the IRS has no record of this charity ever existing or ever being registered with the government. So in all likelihood, it's just a front for him to just take in money and put it in his pocket. Would would uh, would he be vind – if he were to uh, – you know, this district, uh, it was a Democratic-leaning district uh, in, in the last election and – I think that the person who was in that seat like was trying to run for governor or something. But basically, there was this opportunity that came up and and uh, he won. I can't imagine that he would be no matter what he does. I don't know what you can do as a rookie f freshman uh, politician in, in Congress to kind of raise your profile. It'd be kind of hard to overcome this story, like as the opposition would say. Eh. Yeah, I don't think there's. I don't think there's a lot he can do yeah. uh, for the Republicans to <laughs> redeem himself. Right. And who knows? I mean, I don't know what happens here. I would I would hope that there's some degree of self-preservation here where he's like, and I'm going to resign oh, now. Oh, no. No, no, you can't uh, do that. People who are like this don't go yes. away. You don't no. make up your your stinted city group and uh, no. the school to just say, oh, a little shame my way. Oh, you caught me. <laughs> no, he believes he's done these things now. All right, ongoing Twitter files stuff uh, no, still. But, but it's getting late, and we haven't talked about Avatar. We'll get there. No, but it's 10 o'clock. Uh, the news bag demands that we discuss this Twitter files thing just for another minute. 
I think that arguably the most interesting one came out this week. Taibi gave a long thread about how the FBI has spent a great deal of time and attention and resources on sort of pestering Twitter about users and and who should be banned and which tweets should be deleted from the website, monitoring social media for what must be, I think, honestly identified as fairly innocuous content, and then going after these users through their Twitter back channels. And I'm I'm not comfortable with the way that he framed it in one of his tweets, and I'll just read the tweet. He says, quote, instead of chasing child sex predators or terrorists, the FBI has agents, lots of them, analyzing and mass flagging social media posts, not as part of any criminal investigation, but as a permanent end in itself surveillance operation. People should not be okay with this. I agree with his fundamental point there. I disagree completely with the framing right. as and apparently he has interviewed in the last year an FBI agent who was literally pulled off of a child exploitation detail to do work on the January 6th misdemeanor cases so that's why it's in his head that's why the, the, the he gives it that sort of framing that there is important work out there to be done and certain FBI agents have been pulled off of that important work and assigned to seemingly more trivial things but I don't like the way it automatically goes to Pizzagate in the minds of a a great deal of online people. And there's a more responsible way of framing it and a less incendiary way of framing it. And I wish he had been a little bit better there. But at the same time, the FBI is spending millions of dollars and countless man hours just watching Twitter. And then, and, and like, not even, not for like the, the stuff that we'd normally associate with the FBI, which is like, okay, there's like a, a white supremacist domestic terrorism network going on on Twitter that we're tracking. No, it's just stupid jokes about like, uh, remember Republicans, uh, get out and vote on Wednesday or else, uh, you know, you won't be able to support Donald Trump. It's like, oh, uh-huh, because, you know, election day is Tuesday. So the joke is. Is that is that we want the Republicans to vote on Wednesday? Like that's the sort of thing that right. the FBI is concerning themselves with, and getting people kicked off Twitter for that. Like, what what are we talking right. about here? Right, and I, I do think uh, Eb must be aware of the connection people will draw. So, like that was uh, unless that was that's what he was going for. Like it was kind of uh, not ideal uh, framing. But on this Twitter point, is this is there something that I'm missing? Like this import that people place on Twitter like first of all it's the media people that are on it and I can kind of get a sense of why they think it's so important and it's a center of the universe and whatever because they're just on there all the time and they're sharing links and stories but now the FBI is also like yeah, because it's a it's a it's it's not just a media thing. It's a professional class thing. The FBI people are also on Twitter, right? So we're talking about where a certain segment of I don't know what you would even call it. Like you might consider it like the professional class or just the white collar class in general or something like that. They think this is their space. They think right. this is our this is where we live online. So we need to so so whatever happens here is actually much more important than it actually is in the real world. I, I agree. I think I think we said it pretty succinctly last week when we were talking about this, and we don't have to go back into it, but I do think it's worth mentioning that the FBI is spending an inordinate amount of time and resources on things that uh, you would think would be below their purview. And, right. and apparently they don't believe that that it is. And what what are the chances that it's just the FBI of the different agencies? I'm sure others are wasting, like the NSA or whatever, I'm sure they're all wasting a lot of resources on 
what? Like, it's a very bizarre thing. There's got to be more to it. Maybe I don't want to get into it. Is there something more to Twitter than my experience of Twitter? Because it's not that uh, interesting, right? Am I doing it wrong? I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Uh, We could also talk potentially for a long time about what Elon Musk has been up to for the last week. But in the same way that we don't talk about the rapper, uh, (laughs) it's becoming weird to talk about Elon because to an extent, it seems like he is either having a personal mental breakdown or otherwise like there's there's just something about people apparently who get an ungodly amount of money and power and influence and there's nobody in their world who's like uh dude uh you're fucking up here pretty bad and and like there's just no one that they can listen to or something but like it's he's just a fucking mess and it's like i mean what's the latest thing like you can't even post a link or reference a like a select uh, social media websites. Like there's a, a few of them that you can't, like Mastodon and like Facebook and Instagram. Like it's a very weird choice. To right, make. and he's he's lashing out at people who had been in his camp up until the last crazy thing that he did. Right, right, and then and then he's like, oh well, this person did. This person said he's off of Twitter, so he's fucking suspended. And he posted a link to his Mastodon, so he's fucking suspended. It's all very weird and uncomfortable and. Like it'd be better if he just went away. And also, think, to what it. end? I mean, you, 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 you know, you're on the hook for the the value of this company. And sure, initially, people want to watch the uh, the wreck, train the wreck crash, the train yes. wreck. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to say that and also wreck, but I can. Okay, yes, that. Uh, so I can imagine that there'll be some interest initially, especially you know, uh, uh, when he does these weird things. But eventually, people will just like, wait, I don't even like this thing, and people are going to start to stop using it. Um, people have been threatening to do the, that, but I think eventually people will actually follow through on it and just right. stop using it. Also, it's indiscernible what it would look like if he was trying to kill the service uh, from what he has been doing right. for the last month. Exactly. Like I, I... <laughs> but also he needs to focus on like the thing he was doing before, right? Like solar panels and oh, whatever. Robots. He's just a salesman. Like that's the other thing about him is like he's. It's all been. I thought he was like a nerd. Yeah, he's presented himself as this fucking visionary, and he's got a big pile of money, and he's got a couple of good ideas, and and interesting ideas that will result in good outcomes potentially. Like the popularization of the electric car is almost certainly good for the planet, but like uh, otherwise, he's. I mean, he's he's just. A hype man. It's what he's good at. Right, he's which just, is why this is baffling because he's a hype man. Uh, and for a lot of the stuff, the demographics are not the Twitter trolls that he's uh, he's kind of playing up to, right? Like So like people that are into electric vehicles aren't into what he's up to now. So it doesn't make sense as to why he would be doing any of this. It's just very odd. All right, last thing here. Uh, oh. I just wanted to point at this Ben Shapiro tweet. Oh, good. About, Definitely. Uh, John Boehner. John Boehner gave a speech at the unveiling of Nancy Pelosi's portrait. Uh, as every speaker of the House gets a, a portrait in the, the speaker's gallery or whatever the fuck uh, up there on Capitol Hill. And he got emotional because John Boehner always, always. gets emotional. Yes. It's yes. his bread and butter is getting emotional. Uh, 
Ben Shapiro had something to say about that. Uh, quote, Boehner crying in tribute to Pelosi while talking about how his daughters are Democrats is a pretty good summation of Republican leadership over the past couple of decades. Seriously, try to imagine Nancy Pelosi crying over a John Boehner portrait while announcing to Chuckles that her kids are Republicans. You can't. That's because many of those elected to represent conservatism can't even do so in-house. Uh, ben Shapiro doesn't want anyone to be pals. Right. Ben Shapiro wants his understanding of politics to blanket everyone else's. Everything needs to be 100% culture war 100% of the time or Ben Shapiro is not satisfied. It's the we shall fight them on the beaches, uh, Winston Churchill speech, except it's just the culture war and it's everything everywhere all at once. And that's that's the world that Ben Shapiro wants to live in. And for some reason, that's the world that we've all been living in since 2015 or so. Right. What's odd is, you know, this these past seven, eight years have been kind of disorienting because conventional wisdom from the recent past is like basically gone now because – wasn't Reagan a big proponent of after six o'clock, after we're done arguing, we just right. shoot the shit, you know, with Tip O'Neill and whomever? And that was seen as like a, a thing you should strive for. Like no matter how disagreeable you may be with policy, you're still another human being. You're still a fellow American. And, you know, if there, one is Irish and the other guy is whatever. Like, you know, there are other commonalities. Uh, you can kind of uh, cultivate those relationships uh, in that way. And now it's basically like you can't even – now, the crying, it should be noted, is a John Boehner thing. This is not a right. Democrat-Republican thing, right? So I don't understand why he would even say, like, can you imagine another politician doing that? He just likes to cry. I don't know what, what's up he, with him. He, just That's fine. I cry when I watch Christmas movies right. every time. Right. And I also, cry. on the – can you imagine, like, the, 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 the children, the offspring of the Republican leader – uh, or, or the Democrat leader being, you know, like Republican or something. He said something about the, the daughters or the kids or whatever were Democrats. I mean, that happens sometimes. So, like, I don't know why that's like a reflection of it. It's, it's a weird connection to make there. Because for Ben Shapiro, it is a failure of John Boehner's that he doesn't have children who are explicitly ideologically aligned with him, that he allowed his children to believe something different than he believes, right? For Ben Shapiro, that would be a betrayal. He would have to he would have to kick his own kids out of his house if they turned out to be Democrats. It's nothing to celebrate. It's nothing to joke about. It's the end of the fucking world. These are the, the smallest most narrowly focused intellects in the history of the world, and all they care about is one thing, and it's right. this stupid political party nonsense. Right. It's just very, like, the, the the historical perspective is very narrow because even, like I said, Reagan's namesake, his kid, was, like, some atheist liberal type, you know? Like, these things happen, you know? Kids grow up and— but isn't it—that's how it normally goes. I think I'm right. It's not. Un, it's not unusual for people to— not share their parents' politics. Yes, but I think that it is more likely for younger generations to get more progressive and more liberal than the other way around. I don't think it doesn't happen. Yeah, that, there's a... But, like, that's just kind of the way it goes. The old, the old saw about when you're young, if you're a conservative, you have no heart, and if you're an old liberal, then you have no brain is... It's a, a sort of old truism that doesn't necessarily hold true. It's actually right. fairly consistent. People maintain their identities, and there's a pretty consistent 
division between a small C conservative and small L liberal from generation to generation. There's not any – it's not exactly a generational thing. And also I, I, would, but, I would imagine uh, – it's a peer group thing. Like, you know, like if you're yeah. a Boehner or whomever and you send them to some posh school in Metro DC, you know, they're, they're hanging out with similar like-minded kids and they grew up one way. Like if, you know, Huckabee Sanders, you know, the new governor of Arkansas, if she raises her kids in bumfuck Arkansas and they, the peer group of the children are bumfuck Arkansas, they're going to grow up to be that, right? But if right. they were raising their kids like in... I don't know, Alexandria, Virginia or something, like the kids would be slightly right. different, you know. All right. We are uh, closing up the news bag here, uh, but this is a podcast that is, if nothing else, accountable to itself, Abe. So I want to run through very quickly the predictions that we made in 2022 uh -huh. about 2022. Uh, first and foremost, of course, we have Abe who predicted that now, I, I'm not sure if you can get individual checkmark correct for the queen or if your prediction was a package deal, that it was going to be both the queen and Jimmy Carter well, are going to credit. die in 2022. I'm going to let you grade yourself there. Are you getting half credit or, or no credit for that prediction? First of all, I'm not conceding the point. It is December 19th. Okay, we got There is we got plenty of days. runway left, uh, yeah. so I will uh, withhold any sort of how I'm going to do the math, uh, but uh, the idea was I'm, that they're separate. I'm efforting hard an interview with the president from Plains, Georgia, uh, in the new year. When we make it into 23, I understand he's <laughs> he's just trying to hang on. I know he's a big fan of the show, and he just wants to make it to 23 <laughs> so that we can talk to him then. I, I look forward to that. Uh, so there was that. Uh, you, did, you nailed the queen. She's dead. Uh, Jimmy Carter lives. I said... Early on in the year, the first my first major prediction was that both houses would turn over to the grand old party, and I was wrong. Uh, the they they flipped the house, but not the Senate. You should uh, have been right, but no, they fucked You up. made no firm predictions about that. You were a coward. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure I said that there's no way Herschel Walker was going to be the senator. Yes, yeah. you definitely said that. I also uh, predicted quite explicitly that movies and television will continue to mostly suck. I'm going to go ahead and take a win on that. Not fair. <laughs> Abe, did movies mostly continue to suck in 2022? I uh, I enjoy movies, so I don't know what, what year I can point to where they were. They're always great. It's always fun to watch movies. This is uh, you're just lying for fun because also, you've I mean, spent this year the entire than, year. No, that was the right answer. But that was the reverse. That was the double reverse to great president or greatest president. It's like <laughs> you're just you're Movie, just cranky. Movies aren't bad. Movies are great. Don't know what you're talking about, Bob. <laughs> Uh, we also said that 2021 would be the high watermark of COVID deaths when Abe asked us that question, and that appears to be correct. 2022 had less hip, hip. United States COVID death than Fewer. 2021 did. We're like a year and a half into the end of the pandemic. No, no, I said less COVID death. I did not say. Oh. See, so I was I was fine there. Don't don't give me my grammar corrections. Okay. Uh, Commonwealth countries will beg off from the UK oh. when the Queen dies. This was a corollary. That takes longer. This was a corollary to your prediction that the Queen was going to die, and none of them did, Abe. No, so none that's, of them have. That's a miss. That you know, uh, it takes a while. I, and I also did speak uh, in ignorance because apparently there's at least a couple of countries where it's like enshrined and it's like a big thing to undo. It's not like yeah, they right. can just say fuck that's off. That's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't. 
that can't be the prediction. Yeah, jury's still out. All right, except that it was the prediction. So, okay. so it doesn't get set. He did, in fact, predict it, and it didn't come to pass. So. I, uh, I'm going to file a protest here. Abe, you also said uh, this was in July. We were talking about how the year would end with the, the Democratic lame, lame duck Congress. I said that uh, the Gay Marriage Defense Act, or whatever the fuck they called it, was going to pass the Senate. Uh, and you said that it would not. Uh, so, but it did. The uh, yeah. the Senate, in fact, passed this. I also happened to. I suggested that McConnell would vote for it, which he did not. So I'll take a I'll take a slight negative slight. there. But they did, in fact, get the job done. Right. And we're still waiting. We're still waiting to see if the Mansion Collins uh, voter ref- like electoral reform bill gets passed here in the next uh, week and a half or so. I have my doubts. But uh, apparently, they're, Collins and Manchin are both still suggesting that they're optimistic that they're going to get a vote on it at least before the end of the year. And we'll keep better track of these sorts of things uh, moving forward. Oh, we probably won't. I, it's not going to stop me from saying that we're going to keep better track of these sorts of things moving forward. But not not a bad slate yeah, of predictions. Not uh, the worst. For, for the year. When we come back in 2023, we will have our predictions for the coming year you can look forward to that i think that's it for we'll talk about avatar here in the next segment so uh you've been listening to cast iron brains a podcast with bob navy you can find the show on facebook or twitter head on over to brainiron.com or castironbrains.com for a show note the opening and closing themes of the show were composed as ever by Mark Gillig, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com, tetramermusic.com for more of that. Abe, did you make it to the movies this week? I did. Uh, before we, we get to that, we'll, I'll do it really quick in reverse on the TV front uh, because it, it, you know, I went to go see Avatar uh, 2. You guys did as well. Um, but on the TV front... Uh, no one other than, I guess, me, who's listening to this podcast right now, watch a Survivor. Uh, but Survivor had its <laughs> season 43 finale, and it was the, uh. the, the edit of the show. You know, as people, I'm sure, know, Survivor, they go on some island somewhere, and it used to be 39 days stranded, and now they cut it down for budget cost to 26 days stranded. And, you know, it's a very fun show. There's a lot of hours of footage right so it's all made in the edit right so how you edit the show really goes a long way in how you experience the contest and this year was a very egregious uh edit because like the finale was just out of nowhere just like oh this person's clearly the best of the bunch they win these individual immunity things they seem like they're very sociable uh in camp you know very strong resume and it's like a landslide the other way there's some old goober uh gets seven votes outrageous not not his fault obviously right his experience of the game is different than what i saw but what i saw was a deliberate misleading edit uh by the i'm gonna blame probes he's the only one that i know uh behind the show so how dare they you've got a lot of problem you got a lot of problems with that jeff probes i'd like to commend you and take a moment at the end of the year here uh to express my gratitude that we made it all the way to the finale of Season 43, before you mentioned that you were watching Survivor Season 43. Because I know that you've been keeping up with it. So that it shows great restraint. Uh, a man known for his incredible reserves of restraint, exhibited once again by not talking about Survivor every week. And for that, 
I, I want to thank you. But actually, and then, and since we're talking about uh, Survivor, I don't think I mentioned this when it happened, but in the you know they do two uh, seasons a, a year, right? So the season forty two was at the beginning of the twenty twenty two year, and yeah. uh, that was a much better season. Uh, they had like a watch party here in Atlanta that I went to, and they had a lot of the contestants there, and that was a lot of fun. Oh God, Abe. Oh God. <laughs> do you so? Do you chat with other folks at these watch parties? I mean, this is one time. How dare you? You make it seem like it's a thing. It was just they all happened to be in Atlanta, and they're like, hey, let's do a thing. And then I saw it online somewhere, and I went. You don't listen to any, like, uh, Survivor Weekly Recap podcasts no. or anything like that, <laughs> no, do you? No. It's, so That's you, where I draw the line. Gonna, will you promise me, Abe? That the only Survivor content that you take in is the weekly show on on CBS. Don't 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 make Mostly, stupid promises. You yes. do what you want. <laughs> if an article does come across you me, nothing. what do you want me to do? I know that you hate follow Jeff Probst on Twitter. Don't deny it. <laughs> I don't even know if he had an account. Uh, by the way, that, that, that right. show is so cheap. At the end, they had like a, uh, hey, if you want to bid on some of this merchandise, go to blah, blah, blah at gmail.com. They can't even afford their own email. They've gone. Anyways, that's. Avatar, the way of water. Abe, what's your take? So I went to go see this like Thursday, first night. And I uh, actually took a different approach than most people, uh, which is to go watch it in the 3D, which is how it's designed to be viewed. But my theater doesn't have a 3D, my favorite theater, my local theater. But they have a brand new Dolby screen and so I watched it in that and it was I mean like I said the best looking movie I've seen um three hours kind of went by pretty fast I mean the story you know uh the, the one criticism people have with the the movie the first one as well as a sequel is that it's pretty a dog shit plot right uh but once you clear that hurdle an amazing fun experience just the whole way through I thought it was great it cannot be exaggerated the distance between how good this movie is and how awful this movie is <laughs> at the exact same time uh and like i enjoyed the experience of watching avatar in 2009 i recognized right away that it was a terrible movie that the the dialogue was bad but the, then all that changed. the story was bad but at the same time i thought it was it was quite a visual achievement, and in terms of the, the 3D technology, we'd seen a few 3D movies up to that point. Right. It hadn't really been worth it, but this fucking sold it for me. I was like, wow, this really fucking works. When done properly, it's, it's good. This takes that to such an incredible new level. Like... The first Avatar looks like dog shit. It does. It compared looks like a cartoon. To this one. It looks yeah. like a really pretty cartoon. Right. It still looks better than most of the Marvel schlock that's come out in the yeah. last ten years. Right. But compared, 2009 Avatar compared to 2022 Way of Water is it's like a whole right. different yeah. universe. It, it right. doesn't because we just watched the first. They one need to go back and spend a hundred million dollars fixing the <laughs> first don't. one. They don't. Like, they because don't. Because it, it's like they're two different fucking. They're they're entirely That's two fine. different things. That works. Uh, sure, it's fine. Whatever. It's, they don't need to do that. This movie is why movie theaters exist. Yes. If you like, I, and I I don't generally stake out like hard ideological positions on this show mostly i take you do no i take dumps down the throats of people who take uh, stake out hard ideological positions it's mostly our brand here but i have a hard ideological position about this movie which is that if you think movie theaters should exist 
then you should buy a ticket for this fucking movie. Right. And yes, further, you should go watch it. But like, this is like, <laughs> vote with your fucking dollars right. and support this fucking movie. And 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 the the notion of gathering communally to experience things that otherwise we don't experience communally because sitting in a big dark room with uh, massive speakers and stupid glasses on your eyes, it's an experience unlike anything else. And it, it is, like, I, I cannot overstate how fucking much better this is than all of the other garbage that's come out from the, from the Disney machine in the last 10 years. This- so everything was fine yeah. until... Jermaine Clement was in this movie for some reason with an American accent. So Lori's complaint is that the guy from Flight of the Concords, not the the tall skinny one, but rather the dopier, heavier one. Wait, he was in a picture of Jermaine Clement. You know who Jim? Jer- I mean, Jermaine I know. Is. Is. I know that the He's two of them. I don't know which New of Zealand. the. T- yeah, but he was the okay. So there was the. So that's the other thing. Yeah. There was the Australian bad guy, right? Yes. With the pirate, the guy, the, the whaler, the the hunter yeah, of of whales. The, yes. Yeah, the Australian yeah. bad guy after the goo. Yeah. He had his like dorky assistant. Yes. Who, for some reason, he's not a dorky assistant. He's the marine biologist. Okay, none yeah. of that matters. Yeah. Sure. The marine he, biologist in this movie is underling. is from Flight of the Concords. So. Oh. He has I, an American accent. Sure. Uh, the Why? reason the reason that it's Jermaine Clement, I'm sure, is that he has a much expanded role in Avatar Three. At least there's a lot of that in this movie. Okay, but the- why can't he just be from New Zealand? Considering the other guy, like we're not only Americans this is in this movie. The weirdest nit to pick. I like this classic it, absurd. I nit was to pick. fully immersed in that movie until that took me completely <laughs> out of it. Just like what the fuck? Well, I can't believe I missed him. Like, yeah, that, I I know I just looked him up. It's because of his accent. Yeah. It's the same plot from Avatar One, and right. I haven't seen a lot of people mention that. I've read a bunch of reviews, but it's not just that it's a stupid plot. It's that it's the same plot. So in Avatar One, Jake Sully spends the entire second act becoming enmeshed with the culture of right. the Navi right. uh, so that he can fit in better, so that he can sort of do some spying on them or right. whatever. Right. But basically the second act is just fish out of water adjusts to a new culture. Yeah. And the second act of this movie is again fish out of water, right. Jake Sully, but this time it's Jake Sully and his family adjusts to a new culture. Right. And then they have to fight the bad space marines. Also, like if we're gonna if we're gonna do the thing, which I think was a clever trick, where he says it all just sounds like English to me now. Fine, oh, I'll yeah. play along. Yeah. and the the subtitles yeah. fade away. Yeah. Good. We should not have different accents, and we certainly should not have one accent as a child and another one as an yes. adult. <laughs> also, the. Uh, other native tribe starring Kate Winslet and okay. some other guy. So yeah, this is like the most racist movie I've <laughs> it's ever super seen. Super fucking racist Be, movie. You know, the, everybody knows about me. Nothing escapes my notice, right? Uh, right. I, and I say that mostly joking because a lot of things do. Uh, I had no idea Kate Winslet was in this movie. Like I was reading about something after the fact, like over the weekend, and they were talking about Kate Winslet, and I was thinking it was some sort of connection to Titanic because. James Cameron, for some because reason, Avatar 2 decides to redo Titanic. Like, yeah, we're just going to do Titanic It just turns again. into Titanic. So I thought yeah, the article was talking down. about... Yeah, 
I thought they were talking about that, but like, oh, she's in the movie. I was like, who the fuck is she? And I looked it up, right. and I was like, okay, that uh, I did not notice that. That was her the yeah. whole time. Well, she was blue. Yeah, she was green. She was she was more teal than Whatever. blue. This is a movie that has a plot that uh, could be an episode of television, like, and not even like a long episode of television, but like a. Uh, on commercial TV, like 30-minute sitcom episode. Like there's, yeah. there's almost nothing to the plot, but they turn it into three hours and ten minutes of movie, and I didn't think for a second that I wish this movie was shorter. Right. And that's <laughs> oh, a, I did. That's an amazing trick because I had read online that the entire second act is basically like a nature documentary of this uh, water world, and th- it is, and also I couldn't look away. Like it is, yes. it is that visually arresting yeah, and cool. spectacular. It could have been. I could have watched it at one point two five speed. Yeah, and also the uh, that goofy. Uh, el- I don't know what the, they call it. the elephant whale guy. The the, the outcast. Oh, the, the whale, the yeah. humpback whale. Yeah, that's, like, that's two eyes and st- four eyes. And they stuff. got a nice little uh, way to show you what happened in the past. I don't know if that was just like an easy plot device. Like just yeah, sign you know just link up here and I'll show you what happened to me and uh, yeah. explains everything away. Very uh, convenient. Yes. The, the uh, also when the whale finally talks and I I have. I've searched for this GIF online already. And of course, it wouldn't be it wouldn't not, be right yeah, for there to yet. be GIFs for this online already. Probably want to go but to Disney months, Plus. Yeah, yeah. When, when, when we get access, don't worry. The, the first line of dialogue <laughs> for I, I'm going to use this GIF more than any other GIF. Like I, I've used like uh, Jack Nicholson nodding dot GIF. No, you use the many thanks. times a lot. Thanks I use from the South Park. The thanks from South Park and the and the guy sniffing their own farts from yeah. South Park a good deal, but right to the top Heavy of my rotation. GIF usage yeah. is going to be it's the giant painful. whale saying with with the the dialogue box at the bottom, it's too painful. <laughs> <laughs> the first words that we hear this whale speak is transcribed on the bottom of the screen for us and it's a blue character alien guy talking to the alien whale guy he's like tell me about what happened and the giant whale's first words are it's too painful (laughs) i lost my fucking shit i almost had to get up and leave the theater to compose myself i couldn't fucking handle it yeah there there were a lot of lines that just kind of stuck out uh also these Fucking elephant whales, they have a very rigid policy. Like, they, they can't even explain to them, like, what happened. Like, they just right. kick no, you they're, out. They're, they're pacifists. Fuck but pacifists, they're philosophers, to be clear. And they, they make music. Yes. By the way, very in keeping with uh, pacifism to have uh, at your, as, as your brothers and sisters in this grand na- nature world, giant tribes, thousands of people willing to go to war on your behalf yeah. in order to keep you from being exterminated by the other assholes. <laughs> it, it, it's sort of the old Team America world police formulation of, of pussies, dicks, and assholes. Yeah, uh, yeah you can be pussies all you want, but only because there are dicks around to fuck the assholes. Right. Uh, it's the same, it's the the same thing also fuck assholes. with the whales. And again, you can't overstate the racism of it, uh, and I'm, I'm surprised that he gets away with it, but he fucking does. So good for him, I guess. Uh, I, I wish more people could have this level of, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I here? wish more uh, people could get away with this much racism is what you're saying. I think that if more people extended uh, the same benefit of the doubt uh, to each other that we collectively extend to James Cameron, <laughs> it, the world would be an undeniably better place. Although uh, I, I will say 
maybe it was just me, but when I was watching the movie, I would I would have these like thoughts that I can't support. But I was like, you know, uh, there's a lot against charity and kindness in this, sh- in this movie because it's like, oh, we'll take in these uh, refugees who are like bringing in harm our way. Like, you know, they're just swimming around. They're living their lives, the green people. And these fuckers come and they know they're going to absorb some of this whatever, right? And the 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 marine people they're like burning other neighborhoods or whatever like it's like trying to help somebody gets you that uh and also at the end when the little tarzan saves his old man or a replica of his old man uh right it's like fuck just kill the you know i don't want um kind of like with uh, the white lotus not he's not his father's son you see but it's like his father would have left him he (laughs) has to prove that he's not that or something it also it's inevitable that this person has to be redeemed in some way. So the shitbag Marine, Quaritch, who turns into the Avatar in this one, will eventually save his son's life again. Right. And and, and in so doing will ultimately die, I'm sure, in, in, in some way or another. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of stuff here in this movie that they're clearly planting seeds for for the next sequel. And again... I don't care about the lore of this movie. I don't care about any of the fucking bullshit. I don't care, like, all of the plot holes that I've picked out. Like, largely, like, whatever. Why bother? Yes, it turns out that apparently they figured out immortality, right? Like, this this fucking company has figured out that you can put all of human consciousness and experience onto a memory stick and just stick it in this other avatar body. And presumably, because it's the future, uh, and you just uh, put it anywhere. Like, put it in a fucking robot. You could put it, like, nothing is stopping you from uh, living forever. But for some reason, uh, we also have to go out and colonize this other planet and steal the whale juju out of the whale brains that's only worth $80 million. When they said $80 million, it's worth <laughs> That this yeah, bo- when he said eighty million, <laughs> he said 80 I was million. expecting. I was like, eighty million. That, that, that was like an Austin Powers moment. That's a lot moment. of effort yeah, for eighty like, million. Yeah, you got to up that figure. I don't care about any of that shit. What I care about is that we support this level of of visual achievement and and the the amount of artistry and effort that went into doing this compared to it's it's similar to how i felt about the the animated spider-man movie from a few years ago into the spider-verse it was like oh holy shit with some effort and yeah, intelligence that was really good movies can be really well done right and you compare that with the absolute drivel that comes out of the dc universe and the and the marvel cinematic universe and it's just it's just all a whole different thing like and and again to be clear this is a movie made seemingly by children in terms of the story yes. and certainly for <laughs> children in terms of the story and i'm going to bring my children to see it on thursday i'm sitting there in the theater watching this and i'm like holy shit this feels like i have to bring my kids to the movie theaters to experience this not because like it's the greatest movie of all time but because this is why these palaces exist right. if not for this then for what and so i already have tickets to see this movie again on thursday I, i'm bringing weird. the kids on thursday morning i i, I i'm likely seeing it again but this time in 3d could i my eventual goal was to compare once and for all mm. if there, there's gonna be a difference um but i do wonder i mean it, it I, I think it has to be a uh, a deliberate thing to make the plot very simple. And I don't know if it's he's uh, James Cameron's thinking think so. international markets, like where it'll translate yes, very easy. I told you, this movie felt very Chinese, right? Because yeah. well, the the 
the only love story, the only because the first one has sex. This one, no sex. No, no sex whatsoever. And, like, There's yeah, some yeah. very very the chaste tiny flirting bit among the of, teens. Like sexual tension right. is between those two teenagers, and you wouldn't know. Like they could just be buds. Right. Right. No, that's true. Yeah, it, it's kind of built for just like it can open anywhere. It's also deeply conservative in terms of the core of these characters' motivations. The the refrain from them is like all that matters is family, and there's this deeply patriarchal family unit that he's the head of, and the kids never fucking he like he has all these strict orders, but the kids are always just fucking off. Like, yeah, they don't they, to by him the way, all. all these yeah. rules mean nothing if you can't. Uh, no, like this it's just like I told. It's like every time they've uh, defied him. Right. Uh, Nate, and I, uh, one last thing on how offensive, deeply offensive and misogynistic and racist this movie is. The character, Neytiri, who's... Uh, it's cringy. Who's Sully's wife, is the singular most offensive character that I can imagine seeing on screen. This is a, per- this is a person whose entire identity is just a warrior mother. Right. Like, it's, it's the most basic level. Like, the, the characterization on this, this person has no motivation whatsoever except protect child, right? right? And, like, <laughs> will we'll kill for child. Yeah. And otherwise, there's nothing interesting going on whatsoever. And it's the thinnest, most basic, just so fundamentally misogynistic that I can't believe that he's able to get away. I, with. I like the uh, the part where uh, they lose one of the kids, uh, and she's like crying, you know, as one would expect. Uh, and uh, the husband's like, "Ah, shake it off. Come on, get back to your uh, <laughs> right. duties." You know, there's other kids somewhere else. You gotta you gotta shake deal with it that. off and put a knife to the throat of this of this child that you've basically brought into your family That's for right. the last ten years <laughs> and threatened to slice his throat open in front of his biological father. In order to get your own child back. (laughs) It's fucked up. But again, she's driven by this pure maternal instinct or something like that. There's no other thought. Thought is not possible in this character's head. She's just a noble savage who only cares about protecting her children. It's very fucked up on many levels. But also, it is a tremendous experience. And if you like or care about movies, fucking go see this movie. And I don't hesitate in in the slightest. Go see this fucking movie. Make it make billions of dollars. And like, also, if you're not going to see it in theaters, don't watch it. <laughs> right. No, it's it's the sort of, like, I, I just, and it, it's slightly disappointed. It didn't quite make the money that they were hoping but, that it was going to make. But this, you know, James Cameron's a very leggy type. Like, a lot of his movies take a while for it to, to, to make all the money. And I do wonder, especially with Avatar 2, if it's like, you know, Laurie says, it's like you either watch it in the right setting or don't even what's what's the point of watching it at home on a tv and i think similarly like some of the shittier screens like they're showing it basically in every screen in my theater but everybody was just in the premium formats like the dolby's and then in other locations the 3d they shouldn't show it shitty right so basically like it's it's like selling was it was it a a a packed crowd when you where you got our theater our theater was full yeah yeah Yeah. so that that was my experience too and i i do wonder it's going to take a while for it to build because people will want to see it but they'll want to see it in the right environment like and that's like in the 
3D setting. Right. I hope that the theaters are smart and that they keep it in the big theaters in the premium in the premium screens because it makes everything else look like television, like in the, in in an insulting sort of way. The entire Marvel Cinematic Universe to me is reduced to bad serialized TV, and it has been for some time, but this makes the point that much clearer. It just looks that much yes. better than everything else. And and it's just masterfully done in terms of the action sequencing, in terms yeah. of knowing what's actually happening as it's happening. Yeah, but- it didn't feel like, what the fuck, what? Yeah. Like some action sequences, it just feels like destruction. Yeah. And in this movie, like, I could almost tell you how each action sequence went. Because right. it, it was all, like this it, thing it makes, and then this The thing. choreography of it is fucking perfect. And it all logically coheres one shot to the next. He's so good at that in particular thing because he's only made however many movies he's made. But it starts with The Terminator, which is like a perfect B-movie genre action flick. Right. Like it's as good as that sort of thing can get. And then T2 sort of... Uh, I, I don't love T2 as much as everybody else does, I think because I have uh, Terminator 1 on such a high pedestal, and I wanted it to be more like Terminator, and it turned out to be more like this angsty teenage bullshit, which is like his favorite other thing to do, <laughs> is angsty teenage bullshit. Uh, but he's done this many times, and he just makes really great movies that are a great deal of fun to watch, and they're super fucking dumb, and they're super fucking awesome. Yes. And this is what this is what movies should should be, and I I hope it makes countless billions of dollars so that they give him all of the runway to make three and four, and hopefully someday, for fuck's sake, make something else. Because the only other criticism that I have is that sometimes I see these press releases for like Thor five or whatever, and it's like <laughs> Thor five costs. $270 million, but it made $700 million. Right. And in my head, it's like, man, that's a billion fucking dollars of human capital just fucking lit right on fire yeah. <laughs> for a very stupid movie, yeah. right? Like, and I'm like, it, it gets me depressed sometimes when I see like, uh, fucking Marvel made all this fucking money and they spent all this money, but uh, it's good. It makes the economy go around, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's like, nah, this is just a fucking bummer because this is all just a waste. The only part of this that feels like a waste to me is, like, how dumb this story is. Like, we spent all this fucking money, and it's going to make all this fucking money, and it's fucking spectacular. Couldn't we have told a slightly more interesting right. story? Just right. just a little bit more interesting. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to confuse the rubes. But it could at least try to elevate the rubes a little bit. And it do- certainly doesn't try to do that. Here. Right. And, and, and you know, uh, you're poo-pooing the year of 2022 when it comes to movies. But, you know, there was this, which was a great theater-going experience. And then there was the Top Gun 2, which okay. was similarly like a fun theater-going experience. And that, yeah. I mean, I, 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 the story there is a little more... Sh- simple uh and straightforward but there there weren't there weren't a lot of risks taken there so i do wonder like when uh these uh film producers and like the tom cruises of the world when they're making a big movie they're like let's not over complicate the plot they're not coming to watch the plot originality is overrated when it comes to the our children are story making yeah we should probably get the kids to bed it's getting late here uh but anyway that's Again, I'm shocked at how much I love this fucking movie. I thought I was going to go in and sort of jokingly enjoy it yeah. and and have a good time, but I am legit. I was legitimately just awestruck by how good it looks because every frame is legible. It's not like yes. these movies. Yeah, like Wait. it's it's 
where you have know, just you've said it. you have no idea what's happening from one moment to the next, but you have this sort of basic notion of what's supposed to be happening, so that the the nothing gets lost in translation when you're watching Doctor Fucking Strange Seven or what have you. Right. But with this, literally every frame is completely legible. Even it, even like, in the night just scenes, spectacular. Yeah, like in other movies and right. TV shows, like the Dragon Show. They kind of mask, you know, we don't have all the CGI ready, so we'll just have it be a night scene or whatever. Even in the night scene, in the water, on land, it's clear the whole way. It's very seamless. It's very good on him. Anyway, you uh, you got Merry anything else Christmas, for us tonight, Abe? Abe? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Merry Christmas and the New Year's thing. And, uh, well, for most of the people listening, you know, everybody, you know, there's one guy. <laughs> I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then, and we will talk to you next time. Later. <laughs> Hopefully the Secret Service does not visit me, but yes. Enjoy uh, Christmas and uh, don't get stranded in Richmond. Why would the Secret Service be visiting you? Oh, uh, Jimmy you're, Carter? You're almost egging yeah. it on, you know? Try to draw a connection. Just turn off the, turn off the geolocation on your phone before you go. <laughs> before you go do a wellness check on, uh, on Jimmy Carter here before the end of the year. How dare you. Nice. All right. Good night. Dansby Swanson, otherwise known as Sir Dinsbaugh Swatson of House Bats, first of his name. And what the fuck did I call him? He is the uh, he's the Duke of the Shortstop or something like that. I don't know. I forget what the full title was I had for old Dinsbaugh. Uh, he is a brave for his entire career up till now and has signed a seven six-year deal, I think. Yeah, six years with the Chicago Cubs to be their shortstop at a, a rate of over $25 million a year. For a $177 million contract, the Braves have now lost the face of the franchise in consecutive seasons. They lost Freddie Freeman before the start of last year, and now Dansby Swanson before the start of this year. Sounds like baseball. That's what baseball does. It's a <laughs> it, shit was, league. It's shit. Was this a, in your opinion, Bob, like a missed opportunity for the Braves to... No, this is a vast overpayment for uh, Dansby's okay. services. As much as okay. I love and appreciate... And we'll mourn the loss of Dansby Swanson. I think that this, it's just all of this. Go look at the shortstop contracts that have been given out this season or this, uh, this off season. Don't do that. Dansby's <laughs> that is like boring. the most reasonable by quite a bit. Uh, to be fair, it's because he's probably the least likely to be great uh, moving forward. Uh, so he didn't get one of these goofy 13 year, 300 plus million dollar contracts that other guys got. Uh, but still, uh, nearly $200 million for Dansby Swanson is is fairly fucking ridiculous. Are you uh, revoking all those titles you just uh, rattled off? That's not how it works. No, no, he's still... <laughs> I still run that... I still run a Sir Dinsbaugh Swanson uh, Twitter account. As long as Twitter still exists, I won't continue to very intermittently post to that whenever I see a good Dansby highlight. So I've sworn allegiance and, and, yeah. to this fictional persona that I have created. DeSantis, that twat not much better than Ted Cruz. The Supreme Court says you must carry that fetus. Alito decides when to shoot it out your meatus. COVID. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get through that line. <laughs>